Runway 7, a good run. Uh, I'm going to put you on runway 36 right. Runway 36 right, clear to land on the red square. A right turn eastbound now. Start that right turn eastbound. You're going to 18. Follow that east-west road. Good job. Oh, you the man. Second aircraft, runway 36 left. There's a takeoff. Right turn 157, right below 1,300. Follow the runway 27. Down on the side of the ground. Mid-march on that 18.5. Turn the base, crank it around, crank it, crank it, crank it. Start that right turn for me right now. Crank it around, we're gonna aim for the orange dot and we're gonna keep it airborne to the green. White and black, straight, fast. Pass the guy ahead and off your left, then gear down, slow down. You're clear to land, that'll be off the blue dot on 1-8 right. Start your base turn now. White Cessna, turn right for the down one. You're flying to brown Cessna, wing up right base. Great ground and turn your base now, turn your base now. Tight turn, tight turn all the way around to the green dot. Crank it, crank it, crank it. I need you to point at that orange dot. I need you to go right to the orange dot. Harder, harder, harder. Keep it airborne until you're on the green dot. Set it down on the green dot with a right turn into the grass. Very good, Rock on Mars. Monitor Fallon now, 118.5. Welcome to the show. Clear to land, on or after the green dot. Right turn into the grass. Follow the flagman, ask for the note, and welcome to Oshkosh. Rock your week. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Flight Simulation Association's SimVenture 2022 Notice Review. My name is Evan. I'm the host for today's session, the co-founder of Flight Simulation Association. In a couple moments, you'll hear from Kevin, who's presenting today's session, going through everything you need to know to fly into Pilot Edge's SimVenture 2022 virtual fly-in. Like I said, my name is Evan. I'm the co-founder of Flight Simulation Association. In a couple moments, I'll bring on the voice of Kevin. Kevin is the Director of Marketing and Special Projects at Pilot Edge. He's the expert. He's going to be here to run through everything you need to know, answer all your questions, and get you ready to go for this virtual fly-in that's coming up in just a couple of days. So for those who don't know anything about Pilot Edge or about SimVenture, I'll just talk very briefly about those two things and then we're going to get going. Pilot Edge, for those who haven't heard of it yet, it's an online ATC network, something like VATSIM, IVEO, PauseCon. But the big difference with Pilot Edge, it's the only online ATC network where you can get guaranteed coverage 15 hours a day. So pretty much any time that you'd want to be flying from morning until evening, you get guaranteed ATC coverage. Many of the controllers are either current or retired real controllers, so they're phenomenal at what they do. And that guaranteeing coverage is a really special feature of Pilot Edge that you can't find anywhere else. And one of the other really cool things about Pilot Edge is they do this thing. This is called SimVenture, where they have the ability for a pilot using a home flight simulator to fly into Oshkosh using the Fisk arrival, the Warbird arrival, with the real Oshkosh controllers, so the people who actually are there in the tower in real life, all using a home flight simulator. So it's pretty much the closest you can get to flying into Oshkosh without actually flying into Oshkosh, which is phenomenal. This started back in 2020, so we're coming up on the third year of SimVenture. And what's great about it is you don't necessarily have to be a Pilot Edge member. You can actually join just using the trial membership, and for five hours you get with that, you'd have plenty of time to fly into this. So if you haven't tried Pilot Edge before, it's usually a paid subscription, but you get five free hours with the trial, meaning that if you haven't tried that before, you basically have the ability to do this all for free this year, which is really cool. Now we're going to cover everything that's included in the SimVenture notice. Where you can get that, this is probably the most important thing we're going to share today. Here's the link to the SimVenture notice. I've already gotten a couple questions about it. PilotEdge.net 
slash simventure. And I've put that in the notice on the Flight Sim Association website. If you're watching on our website in the description, you'll see that link. Otherwise, it's right up there on the screen, pilotedge.net slash simventure. You can download the PDF notice for the simulator that you're using. You can also get the scenery because there's custom scenery. Kevin's going to walk through that. So all that information, including when ATC coverage is available, when the event happens, how to fly the event, that is all at pilotedge.net slash simventure. And like I said, today's presentation is hosted here by us at Flight Simulation Association. We're super happy to be partnering with Pilot Edge and hosting today's session. We're the group that puts on shows like Flight Sim Expo, the annual conference and trade show, and our website, flightsimassociation.com, links you to discounts, to other webinars like this, and great resources for either getting started in home flight simulation or extending your journey. Kevin's done a webinar with us. You can find on our website if you're interested in getting started with home flight simulation and Pilot Edge. All those details are on our website at flightsimassociation.com. Now, one last thing from me, which is the usual disclaimer you see on a lot of flight sim stuff, even though the procedures are basically the exact same and they mirror what you will see at the real world Oshkosh event, this is entirely for flight simulation purposes. You cannot use this for navigation. EAA publishes the real world version of this notice and they do their own webinar to help you actually literally fly your airplane. This is all about flight simulation and for flight sim use. So we're talking about the online virtual event with Pilot Edge. We are not necessarily covering procedures that would apply to real life. So with that in mind, I'm going to bring Kevin on. If you guys have any questions throughout today's presentation, if you're watching through Flight Sim Association, send them on in through the website or post in the live chat if you have access to it as a captain. And if you're watching on Pilot Edge's YouTube channel, on our YouTube, on Facebook Live, pop your questions in the chat wherever you are. I'll be keeping an eye on all of that throughout the presentation, and I will bring those questions up to Kevin as we go. So Kevin, if you're ready, I'm going to bring your screen up and you can walk us through SimVenture 2022. Thank you, Evan. Thank you very much for all the uh, the introduction there. One thing I do want to uh, say real quick, if you are looking for that SimVenture webpage, uh, it is case sensitive and it's actually all lowercase. So for those of you uh, who might be typing in SimVenture with the capital S and V, you might get a page not found. Uh, so that's why. So if you are looking for the webpage, it's pilotedge.net slash SimVenture lowercase. Or if you don't feel like typing that all the whole URL, you can just go to pilotedge.net and you'll see a big uh, SimVenture logo on the right side. Um, it will be very helpful, though, if you uh, do want to follow along with your own notice today, uh, whether you have it printed out on iPad, whatever it might be. I'll have it on the screen here as well as we walk through it. I'm, not, I'm going to try and keep this as short as possible while also uh, giving out a lot of information about what you all need to know. So I'm going to just start here really briefly on this pilotedge.net slash SimVenture page. We've got the promo video that you already watched there at the beginning of the stream. Um, the notice and scenery, you can select whatever, whichever sim you're using, X.11, FS2020, prepared, or FSX. And that will give you the, um, that'll bring you to the download for the notice and the scenery. You do need a Pilot Edge account um, to get in there. But again, the free trial does uh, cover that as well. It only takes about two minutes to get signed up for that Pilot Edge free trial, no credit card required. So what is SimVenture? We talked about, or Evan talked about that already. Um, it, it does, uh, emulate the famous procedures for the uh, world famous air venture event put on by EAA every month, I'm sorry, every year in uh, July. Uh, to participate, you just need a computer flight simulator, an active pilotage membership, yes, free trials work too, uh, computer headset, and uh, an internet connection, and the sim venture scenery provided by Pilot Edge. 
here's the schedule for SimVenture 2022. We're running uh, July 14th through 17th at these published times, uh, three to four hours every day. Uh, we do put out the notice, previously known as a NOTAM, by the way, if you're familiar with the, uh, the Oshkosh NOTAM. No, we're not calling it a notice just to be different. That is one of the changes, one of the only changes actually from 21 to 22 is um, is the is EA is now referring to it as a notice and no longer a NOTAM. Um, the Oshkosh scenery, I said, we already, uh, Pilot Edge has, up, has put that out for your download. Mission behind the event, two missions. One, for real world pilots, if you are planning to fly to AirVenture or know someone who is, there's no better way to practice than doing it ahead of time with the actual controllers who you could very well be talking to just a week later at the real show. So make sure, whether it's yourself or a friend or a family member, let them know, hey, there's this really cool thing called SimVenture coming up. Uh, I think you know might might be good for you to practice ahead of time. Uh, whether you're a, a seasoned veteran or a, a rookie flying into AirVenture, everyone can use some practice with this procedure as it's very non-standard and people only do it once a year. Uh, for flight simulator enthusiasts, if you've ever dreamt of flying into Oshkosh, um, or if you have uh, just maybe you're not afforded the opportunity this year, you can still do it in the sim and have a lot of fun and um, still reap the benefits of, of uh, what we're doing here. Uh, the actual air traffic controllers, like Evan said, these are the actual air traffic controllers who work the real show. That is what makes this event so, so, so special is that we have some, some wonderful guys and gals who uh, volunteer with us to uh, help put on such a great show. And that's what really makes this event so realistic as well, is that these are the people who do this for real. So it doesn't get more real than this. Uh, prizes, that's one difference this year. Um, from last year, the two past years, I should say, you can win prizes this year. We actually have a terrific prize pool that's lined up for you. Uh, every arrival and departure that you make from Oshkosh, you get one uh, entry into the uh, contest. And uh, you can win things like an a, uh, any, uh, I'm sorry, a Bose A20 headset. You can win some honeycomb products. You can win some Thrustmaster products and a prize pack from uh, from um, uh, a uh, another great company called uh, Flight. I'm sorry, Flight Outfitters. They've got some cool uh, some cool um, apparel for you to, to uh, win. Uh, active runways and flows. So every day we'll have a different flow. Um, you can check that uh, right here, and that will. Some people might want to be. Um, some people might want to be surprised with the flow. Some people might want to know ahead of time. So if you do want to know, you can go and check out the flow there. If you want to be surprised, don't click that. And then you can just listen to the ATIS that day and figure out what flow is being used. And it'll be more realistic that way because you don't go in knowing exactly what the runway is going to be. Um, other, other than that, uh, if you have any other questions after this webinar, uh, find us on Discord, pilotedge.net slash Discord. There's also some FAQ down here and some history as well. So we're gonna dive right into the notice. So uh, on the left and right, uh, you'll see I have got the FS2020 version and the X-Plane 11 version. Now there's also a, a, a version for FSX slash prepared. Um, I don't have that displayed just because uh, FS2020 and X-Plane 11 are the most uh, common simulators that people are gonna use. And it would get a little cluttered if I used all three versions of the NOTAM. I'm sorry, the notice. That's probably not the last time I'm gonna do that. Uh, I told you it's a change this year. Notice, not NOTAM. Um, so just bear with me though, if you are a prepared or FSX user, your notice will look very similar. The page numbers all match as well, but just a few little differences here and there. Make sure you read through that one as well if you're using that one. So we're gonna scroll down to begin here. Uh, you got table of contents. These are all clickable if you are using this on a, a digital device. 
Uh, you've got a copyright and EA disclaimer here, just like Evan said, none of this should be used for real world aviation purposes. This one's for the lawyers. Uh, if you uh, are flying to AirVenture for real, make sure that you do your own uh, briefing with EAA, uh, with their webinars and their videos, and also the actual EAA notice. Do not, absolutely do not use this version of the notice in the real airplane. Uh, the procedures are nearly identical. However, there are a few minor differences of which we're actually about to talk about. But uh, for legal reasons, please do not use this for actual uh, navigation and flying. Refer to the uh, the FAR, the AIM, your real CFI, EAA, the FA, all that stuff. So uh, differences, here we go, between AirVenture and SimVenture. The, real, the reason we put this in here is for those who are actually flying to AirVenture so you know what's going to be different when you participate in SimVenture. As you can see, there's really nothing too significant here that, that would be a showstopper. Um, little things like all aircraft must use two 99R2 on the altimeter and a preset um, to their sims of clear skies. That's very basic. That's It's very obvious. We obviously can't have people having two different types of weather. Um, other things, um, we don't allow formation flights, but uh, real world, you can do it. So just read through those if you're curious. Um, if you're not curious, it really won't matter if you know them or not. Uh, changes since 2021. So if you flew with us last year, like Evan said, this is year number three for Pilot Edge's sim venture. Um, the NOTAM is now called a notice. Uh, we went over that already. Uh, that change mirrors EAA's change. And uh, jets are now permitted at sim venture. So this is big and important, and we'll talk about this a little later on. Um, but uh, maximum takeoff weight, MTO of 18,000 pounds or less. No, you cannot bring your 747 into SimVenture, but you can bring your Premier Jets, your Vision Jets, your Eclipse Jets, um, a lot of those single pilot jets, your small citations, um, things like that. If you click on that MTO link, it will bring you to a spreadsheet that has a bunch of airplanes on there. If there is an airplane in question that you think, man, I, I think I'd, I think this one qualifies, but it's not on the list, feel free to come by our Discord. We'll give you permission to fly it. Um, the list is, is pretty lengthy, but there are so many different airplanes out there that we just couldn't hit them all. So now we get into on page four, the bulk of the, uh, the notice begins. So we got some definitions here. If it's your first time, those are going to be pretty important that you understand where those points are, or at least have just a, ge a basic geographical reference of what is what, when I say Fisk, when I say Ripon, things like that. Um, as you can see in the graphical here, um, here's Oshkosh in the very top, right? Actually, let me go in uh, in flying order so oshkosh in the top right you'll start here out at a transition point either endeavor pockaway or green lake we'll get there in a second we'll talk all about that you'll then proceed to ripon it's a little town of ripon you'll fly up the famous railroad tracks that you've probably heard about before there's a little town of Pickett here where the railroad tracks make a small bend you'll continue to navigate over the tracks you get to fisk yes the world famous fisk that is where Fisk Approach sits. They'll tell you to go over the railroad tracks or the uh, Fisk Avenue transition, which is due east. And then the tower will pick you up from there. So that's the basic lay to land. Um, kind of be familiar with the overall geography. That'll make everything a lot, uh, make things make a lot more sense later on. All altitudes are in MSL. We're not talking AGL really anywhere in this notice unless it specifies otherwise. Um, just a little overview there. Nothing too important. Again, I'm going to try and keep this as brief as possible while also being thorough at the same time. Um, so required flight simulator configuration. This is a great example where things are going to differ a little bit from sim to sim as far as the notice goes. So just read through this for your own notice. We do have little things here like the terrain level detail for FS2020 has to be set as a 60 or higher. Um, little things like this make it so you are seeing the correct, um, buildings, terrain, whatever it might be. Same thing over on the right for X-Plane, world objects must be low or better. This is again, so you can see the correct uh, world objects that are in the notice. Um, some model matching information here on the left for FS2020. Um, one thing about model matching, 
if you were with us in in SimVenture 2020, back during the pandemic, we did that was our first year. We actually uh, this was actually pre Microsoft flights in 2020. Um, so primarily, all the users were X-Plane. We did have some prepared in FSX as well. In 2020, we required people to fly specified airplanes. Um, they they could choose from about 22 different types of airplanes. And while that was a great list to choose from, uh, we found that people were still wanting to fly their actual types of airplanes. So in 2021 and this year included 2022, we decided, okay, we're going to let people fly whatever they want, assuming it's within limits of the event, i.e. no 747s, things like that. Because of that, we are obviously giving up the flight simulator uh, I'll, I'll call it a simism of the model matching, right? If you uh, bring a uh, Piper Archer into the sim, or I should say if your friend brings a Piper Archer into the sim, but your sim does not have a Piper Archer, then your sim will not draw a Piper Archer, right? If you're unfamiliar with sims, that's how it works. It doesn't just magically draw into someone else's sim. So it will load up as, in FS2020's case, the default model, which is the Cessna Skyhawk with the G1000. Um, you don't really have that issue with X-Plane. The, the, the same issue, the model matching does still exist, but the CSLs take care of that themselves. You don't have to specify a default model. Anyways, it's just a brief aside as to why that is and that you should also know that just because the controller is telling the airplane in front of you, uh, red Cessna clear for takeoff, if you see him as a black and white Cessna, that's probably what's happening there. It's just a model matching issue. Unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about that in order to allow everyone to fly exactly what they want to fly. Moving forward, pre-flight and flight planning. So this is all a VFR event. There's no IFR. Um, there's no overlying TRACOM. We're just simulating FISC approach, which is a basically a visual approach, uh, a visual approach control. We'll get into that a little bit more later as once we start talking about the FISC arrival. Um, check out moving map options. That'll be very helpful to you. Thankfully, sims can draw traffic pretty well up to about a mile or so. And in SimVenture and at AirVenture, that, for that matter, the typical in-trail is about a half mile. So you should be a half mile in-trail the airplane in front of you. Therefore, the sim should be drawing traffic quite well. But your moving map options will still be helpful. You can click that link in the notice, the digital notice to um, learn more about that. It'll just kind of bring you down to the bottom of the page. We'll get there at the very end. All pilots must have a VFR flight plan on file. This is uh, one of the differences. One, I'd say the biggest differences we have from AirVenture to SimVenture is that you have to file a VFR flight plan. The reason for that, there are two reasons behind that. One of them is for our own data. We want to keep uh, track of how many airplanes that we've worked throughout the whole week, just because it's it's good to know our progression of this whole SimVenture type event. Uh, the first year we landed 1,100. Last year we landed 1,200. This is all throughout the week. And so we're looking to break that number again this year. Um, the second reason, and the most probably the most important reason for you, is for the uh, fly to win event. Uh, I'm sorry, fly to win contest. So by filing a flight plan, you get in the system. That way, the system knows who you are. Uh, that way, you get your entries to win that Bose A20 headset, the Thrustmaster stuff, uh, flight outfitters, apparel, all that stuff um, that you'll win. Uh, you can enter up to 15 times, by the way. So you land in the park up to 15 times. You can certainly continue after that, but after that, it's no longer going to account uh, for the contest. So uh, the flight plan is required. Uh, it will not let you connect to the network within the uh, which within the SimVenture Oshkosh area if you do not have a VFR flight plan on file. Check your radios before you depart. This is big for pilotage in any capacity, but especially for SimVenture, you don't want to go all the way to Fisk and realize you're not hearing anything. Um, and for that matter, you want to make sure that you can talk because occasionally the controllers will talk to you. Uh, Oshkosh is a very one-way, typically one-way style radios where you actually, it's very, very likely you will fly the entire arrival and even depart without keying the mic once. 
Um, that's just the style of Oshkosh. That's why Rocking Your Wings gets into play. We'll talk about that all in, a, in just a minute here. But for your for checking your radios, there's a whole guide on how to do your radio check, your self-radio check here. It's the same style you would use on Pilot Edge in any day. Um, just tune your COM1 and your COM2. Can't stress that enough. That is the biggest problem we see when people say their self-radio check isn't working. It's that they have not tuned it on both radios. If you are flying a plane with only one radio, you're going to have to test it in a plane with two radios and then switch back to the airplane with one radio. Um, and it, it should still work that way. But it, you need a plane with two radios, COM1 and COM2. You set them both to on. I have a bunch of examples here of what your COM panel will likely look like. 2345 on each active, not standby, but active. Activate them both, Push the key, uh, hit your push and talk, and just say something like radio check. You're only going to be listening. To, it'll be a loop back. You should hear yourself. And that's how the self-radio check works. Again, pilotedge.net slash discord if you have any problems with that. Departing for Oshkosh. So this is getting there. Some people like to fly from the Pilot Edge coverage area. There's actually, um, you can inquire on the discord, even on the, you'll find it on the Pilot Edge forums as well. There's a whole procedure that uh, one of the users, Medner, uh, put out, which he, he kind of calls it a star. It's not a star in the sense of an IFR procedure, but it's kind of, he built it to look like visually like a star procedure, a standard terminal arrival. And again, it's not, it's a VFR procedure, but the whole purpose is that it, and I wish I did have it up, um, but the whole purpose is that it, it chooses a bunch of different airports on the West Coast to start, from which to start. And then it kind of spider webs you all into, I believe it's Denver Centennial. And then it's just a straight line out from there. The whole purpose behind this is that uh, if you follow this procedure in the days and weeks leading up to SimVenture, you might end up actually meeting up with another pilot that's heading to SimVenture and you can kind of fly with them. So that's kind of the, the basis behind that. Certainly not required by any means. Um, so, but if you are flying out of the pilot edge, pilot edge coverage area to get to SimVenture, keep in mind that once you get past the yellow shaded, there will be no flight following. There will be no IFR service. Uh, you'll, you'll have nothing until you get to Fisk approach. Um, that pretty much covers that continuing downwards here. And I, by the way, you know, like I said, this is kind of a, a, a brief tutoring session. I highly, please read every word of this notum. Uh, I did it again. Please read every word of this notice. Uh, I know that it will, um, I know it is lengthy, uh, as is the actual notice of EAA though, but it will really help you get the most out of the event. Um, that's why, but I'm not here to read every word to you because we don't want to be here for two hours. And I'm not saying it would, but with the commentary I'd provide, we would probably be here for two hours. Uh, the Fisk VFR arrival to Oshkosh. So here we go. This is the major Fisk arrival. This is the famous arrival up the railroad tracks, likely the one you're going to, uh, in which you're going to want to listen. So this is only for piston aircraft capable of comfortably maintaining 135 knots or less piston aircraft. This is not for turboprops. This is not for jets. Um, now it's uh, 135 knots or less. So what does that mean? So for instance, a Baron, uh, a Baron can, you know, comfortably maintain 135 knots. Um, and we're going to get into uh, a little bit more. The, the, the purpose behind the speed restriction or is that for faster performing airplanes, take a Lancer, take a Baron, um, they don't want to restrict them to just 90 knots. And, and we'll get to that number here in a second. So let me, let me continue on. We'll talk more about that. So there's a whole checklist for you as you approach the Oshkosh area. Monitor the ATIS, put, turn your lights on, um, you know, altimeter 2902, all that stuff. So we keep going here. Um, procedure starts with using one of the ATC transitions. 
So we talked very briefly on, on one of the pages up above about the geography and the transitions. So you've got Endeavor Bridge or the town of Endeavor, kind of the same thing, Pacway Lake and Green Lake. So these are the big three transitions to join the Fisk arrival. These were brand new last year. They worked very well for Air Venture, and we used them for Sim Venture 2 last year, and now we're using them again for Sim Venture since EA is once again using them. Um, so you're going to begin the um, Fisk arrival at the designated starting point. Well, how do you know what that point is? You're going to hear it on the ATIS, in fact. So the ATIS will say something like, uh, all aircraft on the Fisk arrival proceed to Green Lake to join the arrival. Additionally, if you're listening to Fisk Approach, which is the final uh, note here on your checklist, monitor Fisk Approach on 120.7, they will periodically say, everyone proceed to Green Lake. Or everyone, hey, we're getting too busy Green Lake. Everyone proceed out to Puckaway Lake. Um, so you'll hear that uh, time and time again. Uh, let's see, approach and descend. I'm sorry, approach the designated transition 90 knots or 1,800 feet. Aircraft unable to do that should be 135 knots and 2,300 feet. This is very important. If as yes, while your Cessna 172 might be able to bust out 135 knots, by the way, this is all indicated airspeed, not ground speed. That does not mean you should be firewalling it at 135 knots just because you want to go faster. Um, that is a no no. You are in a Cessna, you should 1 million percent be at 90 knots and 1800 feet. The 135 knots and 2300 feet is an option for those airplanes, like I mentioned earlier, for the Barons, for the Lancers, those who can go faster. And it's just a real drag to keep them slow at 90 knots. In fact, they're probably going to have to have the gear down and their flaps all the way out, and they're going to be struggling to maintain that. Now, to be fair, once they pass Fisk, they're going to have to descend to 90 knots anyway. I'm sorry, descend 1,890 knots anyway. So it's not like they get to reap that benefit of 135 and 2,300 the entire way. Uh, they will have to descend eventually, but just so they don't have to slow flight it for potentially 20 or 30 minutes, uh, they, there is that high stream available to those airplanes that cannot comfortably maintain 90 knots. Again, comfortably maintain 90 knots means you're not struggling. You don't have to throw the flaps out. Uh, if you're throwing the flaps out um, at uh, at 90 knots, you should probably be up high at 135 knots. If you don't have to throw flaps out, you're probably right where you need to be at 90 knots. Pick out a similar type, in air, uh, um, type of aircraft uh, doing a similar speed and altitude to follow. So remain at least half mile. We talked about that already. Half mile and trail the aircraft behind you. Um, do not overtake anyone. Now, keep in mind, this is only referring to the airplanes at your same stream. So if you are on the high stream doing 135 knots, it is okay to pass someone on the low stream. That's the whole point. So it's okay if you pass a Cessna 500 feet below you at 1800, if you're 2300 doing 135 knots. What is not allowed is, is you to speed up and pass someone else who is on your same altitude stream. Um, don't S-turn. Uh, if you're getting too close to the airplane in front of you, break off the procedure. You got to turn back to the starting point, find someone else to follow, and start again. Now, here's a good graphical Can depiction. Yes, go ahead. Uh, just came up about minimum sure. speeds. You talked about maximum, but is there a minimum speed? What about airplanes that can't make 90 knots? Yes. Yeah, so we do want people to at least be able to do 90 knots. I, I do. There is a provision in the uh, EAA air venture notice about slower airplanes. Um, you know, I, I'm, if you can give us 80 to 85, um, that's probably, I'm a little hesitant to say that, but it's probably going to work. The controllers are good enough. They're going to make it work, but you are going to kind of gum up the stream. So I'd really advise against it unless you are dead set on flying something that, you know, can't do 90. Um, but you will have a better experience and the people around you will have a better experience if you choose something that can do at least 90 knots. Uh, certainly don't choose something that can only do 30 or 40. That's going to be a disaster. 
uh, at least at least something that could maybe do a minimum of 80. But just for those just for informational purposes, there is a request in the actual air venture notice that slower aircraft uh, come in. I believe it's in the first 30 minutes of every day. Uh, just because it's slower and they can work you in easier. But, you know, our event is going to be very quick, very fast paced the entire time. So having those slower airplanes are really going to gum stuff up. So please try and try and fly something that's going to do at least 90 knots. Perfect. Thank you for that. And I've got lots of other questions. We're going to save them for the end. Roger, Jerome, Roman, Tom, Locke. I've got them all. I will save them for the end. Thanks, Kevin. Terrific. Okay, so back to the graphical depictions. This should start making a little more sense to you now that we talked about the transition. So the farthest transition, farthest west, is the Endeavor transition. It's got a GPS fix of uh, VPENV, Pockaway Lake transition with a GPS fix as well, Green Lake transition, and Ripon, this town of Ripon. Uh, again, this is all going east to west. Oshkosh would be way up here off the screen. Actually, you can kind of see... No, we won't see Oshkosh for a while. We'll get there. Um, these are the transitions, though. So these lakes are very easy to spot. Again, you have your GPS waypoints to help you as well. Now, once you're out on the arrival, though, you should really be navigating with your eyeballs. Uh, try not to follow the you, you can use you can have the GPS fixes programmed in, but just use them as reference. The primary objective here is to have your eyeballs out following that airplane in front of you looking for other traffic who might be trying to cut you off or it's probably inadvertent but still keep an eye out for it and um and just visually visually navigate with those with those points and use the gps as just a supplemental reference uh here are the transitions they just define each transition so i'm not really going to go through those much but got, you got green lake uh, which is the closest transition puck away and Endeavor. In times of low traffic volume, ATC may tell you to head direct to Ripon. So that might happen. Um, just be ready for that. If it's if it's not very busy, they might say, just come on into Ripon. All right, so uh, we're now in the inbound over Ripon section. Basically, we, we've covered the transitions. You've gone to one of the three transitions. You've joined the arrival from that point, either Green Lake, Puckaway, or Endeavor. You're trucking on in. Event, you know, If you join over Endeavor, you will eventually hit Puckaway, and you'll eventually hit Green Lake. Then you're into Ripon. Uh, so Endeavor is the farthest west. Again, it doesn't matter if you're coming from LA or New York, you will go west of the airport to join this Fisk arrival if you are on the Fisk arrival being that you're a piston engine aircraft. Um, okay, so inbound over Ripon. So you've already hit your transition point. You're inbound over Ripon now. Um, maintain at least eight, uh, I'm sorry, a half mile on trail of the airplane. It's kind of repetitive from before, but that's why it's really, it's really important, which is why it's stated several times. Um, Aircraft unable to do 90 knots should be at 135 knots, 2300 feet, but these airplanes will need to slow 90 knots once advised by ATC. Use full flaps if necessary. So just keep that in mind. Get your slow flight ready uh, for those faster airplanes. Uh, don't sequence yourself with other streams. We talked about that. Single file. Um, don't overtake anyone. Half mile on trail, same altitude, S turns. Basically says the same stuff, but again, it's really important. If you're too close to the airplane, break off the approach, circle back to the starting point and start over. Don't S-turn. Don't pull the speed back. Remember, there might be 20 airplanes in front of you, or sorry, behind you, all half mile on trail. By you pulling that speed back, you're going to impact all of them. So we've got, uh, this is also a reason why we make our own notices so that we can give you some visual references within your own sim. And this is where the, the notice starts to differ the most from all the other ones. So you've got FS2020 on the left. You've got X-plane on the right. Um, we've got some this is your view approaching ripon this is what you should be seeing so you've got a little small lake off to your right you've got your silos there are these big silos off to your left here um, and then just to the right of the silos you'll pick up the railroad tracks this is the beginning of the train tracks as as, as uh, they matter to you 
you're going to follow them on a northeasterly heading. You can see north is kind of off there to the left, pointed off to the, to the upper left. Do not confuse this road with the railroad tracks on the right. Do not confuse this road with the railroad tracks on the right. We'll get to that more later, but make sure you're looking at the tracks that come directly out of Ripon. They go right next to the silos. Okay, some more visual reference points. So Ripon is about 10 miles from Fisk. Then when you, you're going to just follow the tracks, you're going to be listening to Fisk approach. They're going to be talking a million miles a minute, telling airplanes to rock their wings, go this way, go that way, uh, descend slow, contact, gear down, slow down, lights on, all that stuff. So you're going to hear all that. You're just going to be listening. And that's there's a big point in listening. 60 seconds or less, this is Sky Blue Radio News. Because as you get, as you're making your way toward Fisk, you're going to hear the, the controllers saying a ton of stuff. You should be training your ear at that point to think, okay, you know, I'm starting to get the, I'm starting to get the gist of things now. I, I hear air, I hear the controllers calling to the airplanes when they're about a half mile outside of Fisk. So that's when I should really start listening for me. And they're going to tell me to rock my wings. And they're, they're going to tell me to go up the railroad tracks or go down Fisk Avenue. So these are the things that you can kind of train yourself for and prepare yourself for, for this 10 mile stretch of flying over the railroad tracks um, between Ripon and Fisk. So again, we got some diagrams here. This is a three mile point, smokestacks, three mile point from Fisk. You'll see these smokestacks here. Uh, also keep in mind the tracks, they kind of break off slightly from the road. You'll see this on X-Plane 2. The tracks break off left, the road goes right. Follow the railroad tracks. Do not cut the corner. Do not say, oh, well, point, closest point between A and B is a straight line. Don't go this way. No, follow the railroad tracks. The controllers will call you out. If you do not, because they can see you turn, they know where the turns are and aren't supposed to happen. Uh, and I'm talking real world too. I'm not talking just sim ventures. So they know where the turns are supposed to happen. So anyways, um, keep that in mind with the railroad tracks. You need to follow tracks directly above the railroad tracks. Keep them under your nose at all times. If they turn, you turn. Uh, that is until you get to Fisk. And obviously the controllers will pick you up by type and color there. We'll talk about in just a moment. The little picture on the right, farm with a little pond so this is a three mile point right the uh, where the tracks split off with the smokestack you got this little farm with a pond that is your one and a half mile point so if you aren't using gps at all to navigate this is how you can know how far you are from fisk furthermore the track completely splits from the road when you are a half mile from fisk that is really the point in which you should be listening to atc uh the x-plane notice doesn't have that point there uh, looks like FS2020 does, but X-Plane does not have that point in which the track splits, but that is your half mile point from Fisk. And then you have Fisk out in the distance of which this will show, oh, okay, X-Plane covers it here. And, and FS2020 has it here too. So the road splits from the tracks. And then here is the world famous Fisk. So you approach Fisk. Fisk approach control is just here on the left. It is a little Easter egg in the scenery. Take a look for it. There's a little, um, little uh, trailer down there. Very realistic to what it actually is. This is the most important part probably of the entire procedure, and that is your transition at Fisk. If you get the runway 279 transition, which is the railroad tracks, that's pretty easy. You just keep doing what you're doing. Keep following the railroad tracks. You've been doing it for 10 miles. You're doing a great job. Keep doing it. However, if you get the runway 3618 transition, uh, which is Fisk Avenue, you have to make this right turn. It's about a 90 heading, maybe closer to a 95 heading, and go nearly due east. Do not. Do not, do not, do not mistake Highway 44 for Fisk Avenue. Highway 44 is a very inviting long 
wide highway road that splits off right here near Fisk. But the way, the best way to know if you're if you're messing up on this or not is that when you roll out wings level and you are heading to on what you think is Fisk Avenue, if that Fisk Avenue makes a slight turn to the left pretty soon, or if you find that your heading is not about a 90 to a 95 heading, uh, furthermore, if you're on about a 60 or a, a 70 heading, you are probably doing it wrong. So make sure for even better, try to identify where Fisk Avenue is and try and identify where Highway 44 is. Because if you can identify them both, it's going to be very difficult to screw it up. So that's uh, that's my blurb on that. Um, follow Fisk Avenue if you get that transition. We're going to talk about transitions in just a moment here. Okay. So ripping to Fisk. So again, that's kind of the this is kind of the textual to what we just looked at graphically. Um, half mile on trail, you're still going to monitor Fisk. I'm sorry, still going to monitor Fisk approach on 120.7. Don't call them. They'll be the ones to call you. You're going to be single file directly over the road tracks. We stressed out, right? You're not going to cut the corner on that. You're going to be directly over the tracks at 1,800 feet, 90 knots, 135 feet. Uh, I'm sorry, 135 knots or 2,300 feet if you can't do 90 knots. Visually navigate over tracks. Don't use GPS. So listen very carefully at ATC. They'll call you as approach as they as you approach Fisk. Now, here's the big Oshkosh thing. They will not call you by your call sign. Most likely, they will likely call you by your type and color. High wing over Fisk. Rock your wings. Highway uh, red and white. High wing. Blue and white. High wing. Uh, blue and white. Skyhawk. Uh, red and white. Mooney. Uh, they're going to call you by your type, color, characteristics, something about your airplane. High wing. Low wing. Type. Uh, color. Whatever it might be. So be familiar with your airplane. Um, be familiar with the type of airplane you're flying. By the way, going back to that flight plan thing that we talked about in the earlier pages, you need to file a flight plan uh, only one for every day unless you change airplanes. Um, so if you're staying in the same airplane, you can just file that one flight plan for as many times as you want to hit Oshkosh that day or Fond du Lac or wherever. Um, you're good until you change airplanes. Then you have to go file a new flight plan. Uh, if you change airplanes, that is. So one flight plan per day, unless you're going to change airplanes. Um, if you don't under, oh, anyway, so, to, okay, if told, so you're going to be told to rock your wings. So this is a big thing for those unfamiliar. Um, ATC is basically, like I said, it's it's pretty much a one-way thing. You rarely talk to ATC going into Oshkosh. When you're told to rock your wings, the purpose of this is so that you can give a visual, hey, I heard you before, uh, without, having to key your mic without a typical readback like you'd usually give ATC, you rock your wings. Therefore, the controllers on the ground will see you rock their rock your wings and they'll know you're listening. They'll know you you acknowledge them. However, above all this, if you like any like aviation ever, if you ever do not understand something, if you have a question, ask. Do not be afraid to key the microphone. Uh, while it's unconventional, while while pilots typically don't, do not be afraid to key the microphone and say, hey, was that for us? Or I don't understand, or I'm lost, or whatever it might be. Don't be afraid to key that mic. Um, furthermore, the, the controllers might ask you questions. Um, if it's slower, they might ask you where you're, where you're simming from. A common question for AirVenture is where are you flying in from? They might say, oh, we're coming from Houston, Texas. Uh, you know, these, these guys, you know, they, while they're the real controllers, they know that everyone's flying a simulator. So they might ask, what part of the world are you from? Uh, we've had some really cool answers with that. Uh, Germany and, and um, you know, other places in Europe, uh, Asia, all over the world. It's pretty neat to see how many people are, are flying in SimVenture from, from all around the globe. So be ready to key the mic, um, but only if you're asked to and only if you have a question. Um, 
Okay, so ATC will then sign you a runway transition. We talked about transitions a little bit back up here. Um, so I'll keep these two pages up. So runway 279 is the railroad track transition. Runway 18 or 36 is the Fisk Avenue transition. Now, what is 18 right and 36 uh, left and right? Well, Oshkosh itself, um, they have two small crossing runways that are not used for AirVenture, but then they have one large runway, which is 927, one large runway, which is 1836. But for AirVenture, they create a, ta a uh, they make our taxiway a runway. So there's a taxiway just east of 1836 that they create as a runway. We'll show you more about that a little bit later on. That's where you get 36 left, 36 right, 18 left, 18 right. So that's what you see here. Um, so they're going to sign you a transition. If you get, you know, fall, so red and white sassin or fisk, rock your wings. They'll say good rock. They'll say continue straight ahead via the railroad tracks, um, railroad track transition. They'll give you a little bit more information we'll talk about in a second. And then they'll probably tell you to monitor the tower 118.5. They will also probably tell you if you're on the high stream, if you're at that 135 knots, 2300 feet, they'll probably tell you to slow down and start your descent. That's the time in which you got to start pulling the power back, drop the flaps, drop the gear. Your gear actually should already be down just so the controllers can see you better. And then um, and then you will uh, gear down, slow down all the way to the runway. Um, again, joining that 90 knots, 1800 feet. Same thing goes for the Fisk Avenue transition. So rock your wings, good rock, make a right turn, join Fisk Avenue for runway 36 or for runway 18. Um, you're going to make that right turn, join the avenue and do not mistake Highway 44 for Fisk Avenue. So here are the transitions, kind of like what I just said. So 927 railroad tracks. So this is a really good reference. When you get your transition, you can you can be flipping through this. By the way, this whole notice is meant to be referenced during the procedure. You are not supposed to or expect to memorize any of this. So whenever you, uh, if, the if the Fisk approach tells you to make a right turn and join Fisk Avenue, then uh, you'll say, okay, I'm on the Fisk Avenue transition. Then, you know, you might just really briefly uh, note here. Okay, so uh, you're going to navigate due eastbound along Fisk Avenue. There's a large microwave tower, which is like a radio tower located just about a, a quarter mile south of Fisk Avenue. You should be between that and the, and the road. Um, navigate close to Fisk Avenue on the south side, but remain north of the microwave tower. So about 90 heading, don't confuse with Highway 44. Or you'll be assigned the railroad track transition. Continue to Fisk. Uh, sorry, from Fisk, continue following the railroad tracks northeastbound to Oshkosh. Just uh, like I said, keep doing what you're doing. Follow those railroad tracks. Maintain 90 knots, 1,800 feet. Uh, faster aircraft, <clears throat> excuse me, faster aircraft to approach Fisk at 2,300 and 135 should be descending to 1,800 feet in that time. ATC will then call out to you as you enter the pattern for designated runway. We'll get that in a second. And um, maintain that until it's time to descend to the runway. Okay, let's get into Fisk holding. Um, yes, so we have not had to hold <clears throat> at uh, any of the previous inventors, but it's certainly possible if we get overloaded, we'll go into holding. I'm not going to go into this much, but if you do have to hold, just be prepared for visual holding. Don't if you're only a VFR pilot, don't let the word holding uh, worry you. Uh, or if you're an instrument student, I know IFR holds can be a little bit. Uh, a little bit stressful. Don't let it confuse you. It just VFR holds. You just fly VFR around the lake, basically. Okay, so that was um, piston stuff. Evan, any good piston questions before we move on to turbine and jets? I 
think probably not. We'll grab questions at the end. Just save them for the end. I'm sure. just trying to think of something specific to Pistons, but no, I think most of them are general. So uh, by all means, guys, if you have questions, don't hesitate to send those in. I am saving all of them for the end, but I think we can move on and we'll capture everything when we get there. Great. Okay. So <clears throat> turbine warbird arrival. Um, new, like I said this year, we're allowing those small jets. The turbine warbird arrival is very different than the fisk arrival. And I'm going to go out and say this to everyone, which is that if you want to have the most fun in this event, fly a piston, fly the Fisk arrival. Um, the Fisk arrival will hands down be the most fun. <clears throat> the turbine and warbird arrival, it will not be as fun. I'm just going to go out and say that right off the bat. Um, it is much more, it's much closer to a standard procedure than it is a non-standard procedure. That is the Fisk arrival where you rock your wings, this and that, you don't, there's none of that on the turbine warbird arrival. Um, the warbird arrival it's called Warbird Arrival because it goes over a little island called Warbird Island. Don't confuse it with, oh, you have to be in a P-51. Um, it is the, the turboprop slash jet VFR arrival. And um, so when I refer to Warbird Arrival, that's what I'm talking about. Um, there is no rocking your wings for Warbird Arrival. Uh, it, it is only for turboprops and jets uh, with an MTO max takeoff weight of greater than or less than, I'm sorry, greater than or uh, less, let's try it again, less than or equal to. 18,000 pounds. You can click there for the list. Uh, it'll bring up the whole list. So, but if you're a piston um, capable of doing 90 knots or 105 knots, you should use the Fisk arrival procedure. Um, but, and I'm going to do, I'm going to throw out one more disclaimer here for those looking to fly the turbine uh, and morbid arrival in a jet or turboprop. Uh, make sure you know what you're doing. This is probably the easiest way to get, get kicked off of Sinventure is by messing something up on the warbird arrival. Um, don't bite off more than you can chew here. If you have never touched a turboprop, now is not the time. Uh, same thing goes for a jet. Now is not the time. So you, go have your fun with the Fisk arrival. I assure you it will be a lot of fun. Likely more fun, in my opinion, than the Warbird. But we still have the Warbird here for those who are proficient with flying uh, turboprops and small jets. And we want to include them as well. And it also just does um, create more of a variety of traffic for SimVenture sim as, well, as well. So it's kind of a win-win, assuming everyone stays in their lane. So that's my disclaimer there. Um, make sure you know what you're doing. Uh, but if you are going to take on the Warbird arrival and you feel like you are familiar enough, then great. I encourage you to do it. So let's talk about it. Uh, the city of Fond du Lac is the entry point for the, the turboprops and jets. That is just south of the lake here. This is Lake Winnebago. That's Oshkosh, south of Lake, city of Fond du Lac. And then just uh, within the city of Fond du Lac is the Fond du Lac Airport. Um, the Fond du Lac Airport is going to be your first reporting point. You So you are going to key the mic here if you fly into Oshkosh on the Warbird arrival. So uh, keep in mind, Fond du Lac Tower airspace, we'll get to this in a second, is surface to 3,300. And within four miles of Fond du Lac Airport, aircraft weighing more than 12,500 pounds must advise ATC on initial contact. This is a requirement of the real notice as well. Uh, it would just be something like, you know, tower, uh, you know, Learjet or white, red and white Learjet over Fond du Lac, you know, more than 12,500 pounds, something like that. Um, unlike the Fisk Rob, their two-way comms are required for this procedure. Uh, let's see, procedural. So... All aircraft shall report to Oshkosh Tower when over the city of Fond du Lac and again over Warbird Island on the appropriate frequency. So again, Fond du Lac, very bottom of the lake, or I should say very south side of lake, Warbird Island, little tiny island just off on the west side of lake. Uh, it's really easy to see because it's the only one out there. So 
it would, uh, and now keep in mind what frequency you're going to report. So uh, when 3.6 left and right are in use, you report on 26.6. If 3.6 left and right are not in use, i.e. if 1.8 left or right are in use, you report on 18.5. So you're going to have to listen to the ATIS first, figure out which runway is in use, use that to figure out who you're going to call. So examples, black and red Kinger, uh, Fond du Lac, or white TBM, Warbird Island. So, you know, it would be like Oshkosh Tower, black and white TBM, Fond du Lac. And they would likely respond with black and white TBM, uh, I'm sorry, black and white uh, King Air, um, Fond du, um, they'll say black and white King Air, Oshkosh Tower, uh, uh, report Warbird Island. And so that's your basically clearance to proceed. Uh, they now know you're inbound and you just, you can then just kind of say Roger and um, continue flying. Now, keep in mind, 2,800 feet MSL. Now, do not descend until you are clear of the Funnel Act class delta there on the north side. Once you're clear of delta, you can start descending to 2800. Uh, Fond du Lac is usually a class uh, golf air, uh, airspace, by the way. Um, however, for the uh, Air Adventure Week, they put up a temporary tower, which is why it's a delta. So you get down to 2800 feet heading to Warburg, and then you'll, you will, uh, let's see, proceed uh, once. Okay, we talked about that. So you descend. Um, and then once you get to Warbird, you will report Warbird Island and you will then, um, you will then begin circling or you'll be cleared in essentially. So you'll, um, ATC will either say hold over Warbird or they'll say make straight in runway three, six left, clear to land. Um, and you'll do that. So, uh, when ATC clears you, reduce speed to 150 or less, begin your descent to 1800, maintain VFR separation at all times. Keep in mind, if you are told to orbit or hold over Warbird, it's a 360 orbit, left turns, 150 knots or less, keep it slow, 2800 feet until landing sequence is issued. So everyone's going to be holding at the same altitude. Use extreme caution out there. Um, that's about it for that use caution for Oshkosh departures who are restricted at or below 1300 feet so once you dip below 1300 on your way into Oshkosh keep in mind there might be some departures out there but tower should be advising you of those um as they come out so <clears throat> landing approach at Oshkosh uh there is a waiver to land more than one airplane on the runway at a time actually this is possible in everyday aviation typically with uh with the correct type of airplane however uh, they do have a waiver to do it with more types of airplanes for AirVenture. Um, there are dots and squares on the runways. Um, they're colored, and you will be assigned a dot or a square to land on. Uh, unless it, if the if the controller doesn't really matter or doesn't really care where you land, they'll just tell you a three six left clear to land. Um, but they might tell you a three six left on the pink dot clear to land. That is that becomes your aiming point. So they want you. Truckers MP announcement. Introducing our newest features. In our latest update, Basically, you can now see like that point. That doesn't mean just, you know, aim normally and just float down the runway. Um, okay, so let's see. Pilots should be prepared for accommodation maneuvers. So just a lot of non-standard maneuvers. Use caution. Don't be afraid to go around. Um we talked about that. Taxiway Alpha becomes 3-6 right, 1-8 left. <clears throat> That's all in the scenery, by the way, that you download from Pilot Edge. Uh, wing rock should only be executed when asked to rock. Otherwise, just comply with the instruction. And uh, arrivals and departure on two separate frequencies. Um, so that means that if you are landing, if you're, let's say you're landing on 3-6 left and they're departing on 3-6 left, you see an airplane rolling and you think, man, like that guy just entered the runway without being told. 
they are on a different frequency. We'll dig at that in just a second for the uh, departure section here. Um, <clears throat> okay, so here are the arrival instructions. Um, this is runway nine. Uh, you can see here turbine warbird arrivals off the lake. You'll enter the left down one, 1,800 feet, in which you'll be instructed to begin your descent, turn base at the gravel pit. Uh, coming from Fisk, you'll up the railroad tracks 1,800 feet. You'll begin, you'll told to start your descent, land around my nine. Here are the dots, white dot, green dot, orange dot. Um, keep in mind, there are runway exit procedures for each single runway. Please brief those, be familiar with those. Uh, this is also kind of one change from the actual air venture. Usually in air venture, you would just do what the controller says. But we need a little bit more order in the sims. And that's why we have the uh, runway exit procedures. Just be familiar with those. Uh, we'll read at least one of those as we go through here. Runway 27. So up the railroad tracks, 1,800 feet, you'll get to the gravel pit. Begin your descent at midfield or when instructed by ATC. You'll also have IFR. Um, actually, there will be no IFR for SimVenture. But you'll have turbine warbird VFR rivals coming off the lake straight in for 27. Again, orange dot, green dot, white dot. Um, and uh, angle off to the right. Follow the flagmen. We'll discuss that in just a moment. Um, let's see here. VFR rival to 1-8 right. So this is a tricky one. Um, they call this kind of the death turn to final. Don't let that scare you. Uh, you need to... So coming from Fisk Avenue, this is the only way you're going to get that. Coming from Fisk Avenue, you're entering kind of the up... I'm sorry, the uh, the crosswind, the left crosswind at altitude. You still maintain 1,800 feet for the left downwind. And then you'll begin your descent um, as you enter the downwind, as it says. Be on base by the ATC tower or the blue dot, which is basically the same same line here. And that is basically the numbers of the runway as well. So it's it's like basically becomes one big turn to final. And then you'll hit probably the pink dot or the yellow dot, probably not the purple dot. Um, but pink dot will be a, a common one for that. Uh, so that's a real tight turn to final. It's a good one to practice ahead of time too. And uh, when you exit 18 right, it's a right turn into the grass and kind of a, a U-turn, a right U-turn up northbound into the grass uh just follow the flagman again we'll get to the flagman in just a second um vfr arrivals for three six left and right you'll see here uh off of fisk coming 1800 feet just a nice easy left base to final you will however be getting merged with the turbine arrivals uh the warbird arrivals coming this way so there will be a little sequencing there you do have three six left and of course the taxiway turned into a temporary runway three six right three six right is the one with the squares Everything else has dots, but 36 right has a red and a green square. Works the same as the dots, just different different uh, shapes. So when you land there, uh, let's take a look at this. So if a go-around is necessary, AT follow ATC's instructions. Uh, I'm sorry, notify ATC instructions immediately. Do not fly north past ATC tower. Basically, uh, right turn immediately. Don't pass the tower because you're going to interfere with runway 27 operations, which is just north of there. Uh, as you land... Uh, both jets and props exit off to the left, no later um, no later than the blue dot, and taxi northbound with the flagman. Do not exit onto a taxiway. That takes too long. Everyone angle off the runway into the grass. Typically, at the real air venture, uh, jets and and um, and uh, heavy heavy props would take the hard surface. Or if the grass is wet due to rain, same thing. But in sim venture, it's always a beautiful day, so the grass rolls smooth. Uh, after exiting, you're going to follow the flagmen until you see signs for parking. If you, if you want to park, you follow the signs for parking. If you want to go back and take off again, which you certainly can, it's kind of a big flow. You can land and immediately go take off. 
uh, you can do that. Just follow the flagman. They'll take you right to where you need to be for takeoff. Uh, but if you are looking to go to park your airplane, shut it down, or just sit there for a while while you watch airplanes, you can do that by following the parking signs. And uh, once you see the parking signs, just follow those arrows. All right, VFR departure from Oshkosh. So uh, if you are departing from Oshkosh, whether it be right after you have landed or to start your day at SimVenture, uh, there's no ground control. You're just going to monitor the ATIS, and then you're going to pull out of the designated parking area, which is going to be either the North 40, as they call it, or the parking just west of Papa, right there. And you're going to pull out of there after you've already listened to the ATIS. You're just going to follow the flagman. That's all you got to do. You don't call ground. You don't call anyone. But you are going to be following the flagman out to the runway. They will guide you to where you need to be. They will all be pointing in the same direction, uh, guiding all the traffic to the runway to take off. Um, if you are taxiing back immediately after landing, follow the flagman to the departure runway. <clears throat> Transponder mode C on... 1200 on the code. Um, be ready to part as soon as you get to the runway. Complete any sort of run up on your taxi or before you even start taxiing. So don't get to the runway and expect to do a run up. That's going to be a, a real, a real uh, clog on the taxiway. So complete any necessary run up while you're on the move on the taxiway or before you even start taxiing. Uh, as you taxi, monitor the appropriate tower frequency. So depending on where you're going, you should know that from the ATIS. Departing 36 left or 18 left right, you should be on 18.9. Departing 279, you'll be on 28.75. Don't check in with the tower. They'll call you when you're number one in line for takeoff. If they're not talking to you, that's probably because there's someone on final. Again, they're using separate frequencies. So you might not hear if someone is clear to land on the runway. So just sit there patiently. I mean, if you're there for a ridiculous time, you might want to say something. Uh, for all you know, maybe you even got disconnected by accident. So if you're there for three or four minutes and you haven't heard a word, <clears throat> might be time to say something. Uh, a waiver is issued, allowing two airplanes to line up away at the same time on the left and right side of the runways. So make sure, uh, don't be spooked about that. If the controller says left half the runway line up weight, right half the runway line up weight, they can do that. Uh, reback is not required. The controller will see your airplane moving. They'll know you heard them. Remain on tower frequency until you're clear of the Oshkosh airspace. And we're going to talk about the departure right now. So this is grabbed straight out of the actual EAA notice. Um, depending on the runway in which you depart, you will be flying a certain procedure. So let's say you're off of runway uh, 36 left. So we're going to find 36 left off right here. So runway 36 left departure, turn right to a heading of 150 prior to the ATC tower. Remember, that comes up pretty quickly. Stay at or below 1,300 feet MSL until clear of the class delta. Keep in mind, the airport elevation is about 800. So that's only 500 AGL. So that comes up really quick, especially if you're in a high-performance airplane. Be careful not to bust that altitude because what do we know about the arrival altitude? It's 1,800 feet. Um, anyways, so keep that in mind. Don't bust your altitude on the departure. You're going to hold that heading and altitude restriction all the way to your clear of the delta, which is 4.7 nautical miles from Oshkosh. Once you're clear of the delta, you're free to go on your own. You can turn, climb, descend, whatever you want to do. You're out of the tower's hands now. And... Um, no one is no one is needing you to do anything specific. You can at that point go and <clears throat> join the arrival again, or you can go over to Fond du Lac. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, do not depart on 3113, 523. They are closed. All right, helicopter ops. We are allowing those this year. I'm not going to do too much on this because pretty self-explanatory. You actually don't even talk to ATC at all, but you do monitor the frequency just in case they need to get a hold of you. Um, basically, the big thing here is make sure that you uh, make sure that you 
don't do any tour sort of stuff. You're only flying in and out, transient operations only. We are not allowing you to go tour the grounds in a helicopter that will get you kicked from SimVenture. <clears throat> Just make sure, um, follow the procedures to get in and out of um, of the Pioneer Airport, which is really basically the, the helipad airport. Um, you just kind of go around the shopping mall in a clockwise-ish fashion to maintain some sort of order there. Okay, let's get to Fond du Lac now. Fond du Lac, as I mentioned, is a temporarily controlled um, class Delta for the week. Um, they are uh, 3,300 feet MSL and below, a four mile radius. This acts as basically a standard class Delta tower. I'm not going to go over this much because it's it's very simple. Just know your frequencies. Uh, ATIS on 211, ground 2185, tower on 120.4. Treat it as you would any class Delta. You will call them they, by your call sign. They will call you by their call by your call sign. Um, there's no wing rocking. It's it's much more simple and and standard than Oshkosh is. Seaplane base operations once again are simulated this year, but again they don't talk to ATC. So just make sure you read through this carefully if you are going to fly in and out of the seaplane base. But again, you're not going to be in contact with the controllers, so uh, it's not going to be very exciting for you. Dynamic Flagman, you heard me talk about that a little bit before. This was an addition of our technology from last year, where Pilotage has the opportunity to um, uh, inject Flagman in real time into your simulator to tell you to go left, straight, or right. So this is how we can switch flows and uh, runway flows, that is, active runways, and maintain a um uh, you know maintain the same scenery essentially because we can just drop the flagman in whenever we want so follow the flagman they will always point you to the departure runway uh or that is if you've landed and you want to go to parking you follow them until you pick up those signs for parking and then you follow the signs for parking um it's about all you need to know for them recommended moving map applications we're almost done here guys um is just take a look at these. Um, like I said, the moving map will really help you. Uh, whatever simulator you're in, it'll really help you get a good uh, situational awareness of the traffic around you. So we have some good examples of both free and payware uh, options. If you do not already have a moving map option for your simulator, now might be the time to try one. Like I said, uh, some of them are free. And if you have any questions or need more information about that, pilotedge.net slash discord will be a great reference for you. So FAQs, um, I'm not really going to bother going through these because you can read them yourself, but they are uh, they are a good read and might have some things that you've never thought about. Thank you to everyone who's, who has uh, contributed to the scenery. Um, Anthony Santanastasso for the music of the great, uh, the great promo video there uh, that you guys all watched at the beginning. And of course, our, our, our sponsors for all the scenery, the prizes, everything like that. So that is the 2022 SimVenture notice. And I'm sure there are some questions we can get to. Um, Evan, I'll, I'll let you take it away for a second. Yes, there sure are. Thanks, Kevin, for that great presentation and for covering the detail that people will need to participate in this event. So friendly reminder, if you haven't sent your questions in, now is a great time to do that. You can send them wherever you're watching, drop a comment on YouTube or on Facebook Live, or if you're watching through the Flights and Association website, you're a captain, send it to the live chat. As a first officer, send it right on through via the questions feature, and I'll be asking all those questions. I'm going to start with questions about actually flying into 
into SimVenture. Then I'm going to move into some Sim-specific questions, questions about frame rates and stuff like that. And then finally, we're going to talk about Pilot Edge stuff, membership, subscription, how you get access. So starting off, FSA Captain Hassan asks, can you just watch and listen as a viewer? Do you have to actually fly in or can you just kind of participate by watching and listening? You can. Um, you, you can certainly, there's nothing stopping you from loading up um, and just doing it. However, I I wouldn't, re I wouldn't necessarily recommend you, quote unquote, wasting your Pilot Edge free trial on that. I assume, I assume um, the, the person asking the question is probably not a Pilot Edge user, but I don't know, maybe they are. Um, but if you are just using it for your trial, you probably don't want to waste your whole trial on just watching SimVenture. Actually, a better way to watch would just be to go to twitch.tv for that day. Um, I'm sure just out of the out of the odds there will be people there no one official is 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 you know doing this but there will be people streaming uh sim venture so if you just want to go to twitch uh that day and maybe follow someone along it'll probably even be more fun to do that and follow along with someone in their cockpit than it will be just to sit on the ground and watch virtual airplanes perfect from peter what happens if you're trying to fly in your assigned say the yellow dot but you miss your assigned landing spot uh, it's it's I mean it's no big deal. The the FAA will be uh, will not be there to to ticket you when you when you get on the ground. Look the the dots and the squares, folks. Those are just uh, they're just aiming points. It's just like when you get to an airport and you you're you're aiming for the thousand footers and you float, or maybe you you know you hit a downdraft and you 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 hit the numbers instead. Um, the dots and squares are aiming points. You know, so just use those as your visual reference points. Like I said before, the the biggest problem the biggest mistake people make for this is that they are told to let me just quickly navigate back to okay so they're told to say land on the yellow dot which is as you can see about halfway down three six left but they still treat this as a normal approach for three six left and so like they are on final approach speed here you know on like a one mile final that is the biggest mistake you can make the whole point of these dots is to keep you keep your speed up as if this was the thousand foot or the runway and the runway numbers were somewhere like here. So treat the dots as your aiming point. I know it's a weird visual thing to do because you're so used to aiming for the, for the, for the piano keys, right? But you're, you've got to try to land on the dots. Now, again, no one's going to be there to, to ticket you. This goes for air venture and sim venture. No one's going to get there and be there to get you in trouble if you miss your dot, but Try and hit your dot as well as you can because that's going to make the controller's lives easier. That's the point of the dots. They keep the front guy going to the far dot because it keeps their speed up, and they put the back guy on the closer dot because they will speed, they will slow down quicker, if that makes sense, to, to give that the spacing on the runway. So just do your best, but the dots and squares are aiming points, nothing more. If you miss them, it's not a big deal. Just try and shoot, shoot for them like you would any aiming point on the runway. Questions from a user called Hidden Monkey of Doom on YouTube, which is a good name. And also Wayne, an FSA first officer. Let's say you're in a turboprop, but you can happily maintain 90 knots. That's not a problem for you. Which arrival are you supposed to use? So th th this this is something, it's a question that um, some controllers will, it's one of those things that, you know, I, I want to say is kind of an aside. These Sim, these Oshkosh controllers who work SimVenture, uh, real, real actual air traffic controllers, they are phenomenal. These guys and gals that we have doing this. Um, for those who are unfamiliar, by the way, uh, sorry, this is a really a side, and I promise I'll get back to the question, but um, they, those, the controllers who go up to work AirVenture every year, they do it as a volunteer gig. 
Um, they are not based at AirVenture. They're not, I'm sorry, they're not based in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. They do not live in Oshkosh. Um, they do not get paid to go work at Oshkosh. It is, they are using their actual paid time off. So, I mean, yes, they are on paid time off, but these are their actual days of leave that they are using. So instead of going on a family vacation to Hawaii, they're going to go work traffic into Oshkosh for the whole year. I'm sorry, for the, for the whole week. So that's how much these folks love aviation and love air traffic. And so my point in saying that is that if you take, say, uh, a Cessna caravan, you know, something that, yes, it's a thermoprop, but it doesn't really fly like one um, as far as speed goes. You know, of course, it's a powerful thing for, for weight. But um, if you take a Cessna caravan, you start flying down the tracks. Likelihood is the controller is still going to work you in just because they see it as a bit of a puzzle and a bit of a a, um, a challenge. And it's kind of like, well, you you made it this far. We're just going to we're just going to take you in at this point. Now, with that being said, um, we are very conscious of SimVenture not, I guess the word would be breaking. We're not going to let anyone break SimVenture um, by trying to do something silly using the provisions of which I just said, which were, well, the controllers are good enough, they can do it. Yes, they probably can, but it doesn't scale to the point in which everyone can do it. So if you're in a, just keep it simple. If you're in a turboprop, fly the Warbird. If you're in a piston, fly the Fisk Arrival. Um, I think that's the easiest way to just divide it out and we won't have any problems that way. Excellent. And from First Officer Tom, how often does the ATIS change? And if you're right by a transition point, but the ATIS changes, what do you do then? So that's why, so you grab the ATIS once, um, you'll grab the ATIS, it, you know, the, the notice says about 60 miles out or closer if you depart, say, closer. Um, by the way, the, the whole kind of intended flow for this event, folks, is, you know, maybe you start at Fond du Lac, which is that, that airport just to the south. You take off, you head west, you join the Fisk arrival, you land. Um, you taxi back, you take off, you go to Fond du Lac, you do a touch and go, you go back out to the, so it's supposed to kind of be a big kind of flow and you can, there's no need to put Fond du Lac involved. You can still, you can go Oshkosh back out, Oshkosh back out. You know, you don't have to hit Fond du Lac every time, but that's why it's there. It's kind of just to mix it up, give you a little bit more things to do. Of course, you can throw, you can substitute the Warbird arrival if you're in a, if you're in a jet or a turboprop, um, instead of Fisk for what I just said. But, um, so, uh, repeat the question for me, Evan, I'm sorry. Yeah, the question is if uh, just how often should you be checking for that ATIS? Thank you. Yes. You, so if you, um, yeah. so let's say you are departing Fond du Lac, you're within 60 miles. So therefore, you should be checking the ATIS immediately after you depart Fond du Lac. And you will hear, let's say they say Green Lake on the ATIS. You say, great, you know, heading for Green Lake. Um, and so you're, you're trucking towards Green Lake. But this is the point, And again, per the notice, uh, after you pick up the ATIS, you tune Fisk Approach on 120.7. And you just listen. Again, you just listen for, it might be 15 minutes. It might be 30 minutes. Um, you're just listening. And every so often, you'll hear Fisk Approach say, all aircraft inbound to Oshkosh. We're heading for uh, you know Green Lake, uh, runway 27 and 36 in use. We're on pages 20 and 22 of the notice, things like that. So this is why, though, that you continue to monitor FISC and you listen, 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 because uh, there's no need to go check the ATIS again. If there is a change, the controller will mention it on FISC approach. They'll say something like, OK, all aircraft inbound to Oshkosh, we're getting a little bit busy over Green Lake. We're going to be switching back to Pacaway Lake. So if you're inbound, to, you know, if you're inbound and you're not yet on the trans uh, on the arrival, you need to head to Pacaway Lake. So that's what will happen in real time. So that's why you grab the ATIS once. Um, to just figure out what's going on, you get your basics, uh, you, sorry, you, you get kind of your basics from there, and then you will then tune to Fisk Approach, 
and just monitor that indefinitely all the way until you get to Fisk and you're rocking your wings and you will react to any changes that they broadcast at that time. Perfect. From Flights Association, Captain Ian. And Ian, hi, thank you for the support. Any performances, any air shows going on or is it really just a fly-in? Yeah, we're not doing any air shows. Um, we uh, we did uh, try and get that on the radar. We did reach out to the FS Thunderbirds, um, but they were uh, non-responsive for our request. So maybe that's something we'll look uh, into for future events. Good stuff. And Hal, I have your question. I'll send you an email on that. Going into some sim-specific questions now, questions about frame rate, settings, that kind of thing. First question from First Officer Jerome. Can I fly the event in virtual reality? I was doing a test. I had 30 frames with the Reverb G2, but will the traffic slow it down? Is that going to be a problem? I would expect it to make a, a little bit of a hindrance there. Um, 30 is, is perfect, though. Um, we do require at least 20 frames per second. That's not a pilot edge requirement every day. But due to the close nature of the airplanes that will be operating on the Fisk arrival uh, with the half mile and trail, if you're familiar with how sims work or if you can just wrap your head around uh, technology, if you're doing less than 20 frames per second, that means that you are no longer in a one-to-one -one ratio time versus distance. I'm sorry, I should say real time versus sim time. And with that being said, you're going to effectively be moving slower than the airplanes behind you, even though you are showing doing 90 knots in your airplane, um, the airplanes behind you also doing 90 knots will be moving faster because their frame rates are better. So we can't really have that because of the close proximity of the airplanes that we're dealing with. So if you can't hold uh, 20 frames a second, then you're going to have a problem. Um, so I'd recommend you know turning your graphics down. Uh, hopefully you don't have to break out of VR because I think that'd be a really great experience to use VR coming down the tracks. But if you do, um, I, I'm sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, make sure you're at least getting, you know, 20 frames a second minimum and that, that won't cause any issues. Perfect. Going into some uh, pilot edge specific questions now. First officer Roman says they've used the trial already. So they're looking at signing up. If they sign up, will they only need the ZLA subscription or do they need more than that? That's a great question. So uh, for SimVenture, it's any sub. So ZLA, Western US, or the combo sub. Uh, since SimVenture is outside of the um, everyday coverage area, it doesn't matter which coverage you have. As long as you have an active membership, you'll be able to join. Perfect. And FSA Captain Lotkus says they signed up for the trial, but when they went to go download the scenery, they're getting a message saying it's only available to active Pilot Edge members. So is the trial okay, or maybe they need some help, or is that actually something that they need to sign up for? Um, so if if they signed up for the trial recently, um, that would be news to us. Feel free to reach out on, on Discord um, and, and see what's going on there. But yeah, no, the, the trial should certainly be enough to get that scenery for you. Okay, and just in case anyone's having that same issue or you're having any issues downloading, subscribing, accessing, where's the link for Discord? Where do they go? It's just, yeah, just pilotedge.net slash Discord is really the easiest way to get there. That'll get you an invite link, uh, pilotedge.net slash Discord. Perfect. Two more questions. First Officer Tom asks about whether there's any thought on doing this for other events like Sun and Fun. Um, currently.